Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for a spiritual home with lots and lots of mothers. Father, one of the greatest gifts that you have given mankind is the expression of motherhood. Uh, this entity that births the seed, this entity that gives forth, uh, Father God, life, and inside of her, uh, you form and you create and you uh, develop each one of the uh, sons and daughters that issues forth from the womb. We pray, O oh God, that you give us grace today to understand uh, your purpose and that we might look at your word as a lamp unto our feet, as a mirror uh, that reflects your glory. We pray, Father God, that we would be edified, uh, that the words that come out of my mouth, you would anoint them and use them for every mother that listens to this message, uh, also the husbands um, and the children that might be able to consider the plight of what you have given us in motherhood. We pray that you would bless your word. It would not return void, that it would, Father God, nourish our spirit and allow us to reflect and to consider these things uh, in a manner that would glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen. Um, as we venture out, the, the first thoughts that I always bring forth before uh, talking about understanding moms, uh, the misconception leads a lot of people astray but we say and we've said this here for years the hand that rocks the cradle will rule the world so it's super important that you might understand that reality the hand that rocks the cradle that is there uh, next to the baby as he develops will be the person that rules the world um, great leaders are those that were able to have access to a relationship with a mom. Um, just like in Richie's case, my case is also men, uh, they, it's, it costs men to communicate. So it seems like the mother is the flow of communication to the children. And again, what has been effective in my house with my wife is while I've been stern and maybe not been able to communicate as effectively, she's always taken what I have said and has broken it down to a manner that my children could understand. And, and so they're able to enter in to the pathway of instruction and wisdom. Um, th there's all sorts of women that figure, well, he's being too harsh, so I'll water it down so it's not as serious as he is teaching. And that's a curse. It becomes a curse in the life of your children uh, to the extent that later on, when they're confronted with reality, they're not able to appreciate the seriousness of it. Um, the story in Genesis, when two angels come in and they tell Lot, I'm going to destroy uh, Sodom. I'm going to curse it. The judgment's going to come upon it. And he turns around and tries to talk to his son-in-laws. So here comes the message from the angel to Lot, but when it goes from Lot to the son-in-laws, they perceived him to be joking around. They didn't take the instruction serious. They stayed in the city, and they were under that judgment. They did not escape. 
So many times uh, the instruction from a father, from God the Father comes down and the mother doesn't want to give it to the children as such. And so the leniency becomes not love, but it becomes a curse. And, and it doesn't allow children to adhere uh, the instruction. Um, I went to Peru and we met a pastoral family there. And, and we had gone back several times, but one time that we went back, the pastor confided in me that his older son was doing marijuana at the university level. He had gone off to college and he was hanging out with worldly people and he was hanging out doing drugs. And, and all of a sudden, as, as I prayed to the Lord and I asked God for direction to counsel this pastor who was super distraught, I said, you know something, uh, I'll let you know right up front that um, the breakdown in your son's life is the bridge of mom. As you have instructed him, as you've taught him, you, your, your wife has allowed your son to do what you have not allowed him to do uh, during years, from the age of eight to the age of 18, every time the father was instructing the son, the mother would say, okay, your dad says don't go, but I'm going to let you go. Your, your dad says that you need to go to sleep, but I'm going to let you stay up. Your dad says you're to um, wake up early, but I'm going to let you sleep in. So all these aspects allow corruption to come into the character of our children, unbeknownst to us that we think that we're being nice. The epitome of this expression um, uh, was a man that was in Mexico, and this was a testimony that came to us. And um, the son was raised up in a Christian family his whole life, and now he was in college, and there was um, the fraternity initiation week, and uh, people were staying up late and, and going to these uh, frat parties and stuff. So he asked his dad, Dad, could I, now I'm in college, can I go to these parties? He says, No. You've never gone to these parties, and you're not going to start now. And he goes, yeah, but I'm old enough now, and I, I want to be there. And he says, no, you don't have my permission. You don't have my blessing. So the father went off to work, and um, the child went to his mom. And the mom says, yeah, go, but come back home before your dad gets home. Um, before your dad gets home, you come back home early so he doesn't notice that you're gone. Well, he went off to the party, and when he was coming back before his dad, um, he asked for a ride. He was hitchhiking, and he got in a car with three of his friends, and like two miles down the road, they got stopped by police officers because those three boys had just raped a young girl, and now he was going to jail, and when he was in jail, it happened to be that that young girl that was raped was one of the uh, police chief's daughters. And now he was in the mix with three guys himself, was taking a ride. Now he's in prison, and now he's being raped. He's being abused and beat up in a place that God never intended him to be. Um, when his parents, when his father got home that night and asked his mom, where's, where's my son? And, and, and she, like, was scared, didn't want to tell him. And he says, you didn't let him go, did you? And, and she admitted that she did. And they started calling hospitals. They didn't know where he was. They started calling uh, all sorts of friends and family to find out where he was. They finally found out he was in prison, so they went to go see him. And as the father and mother went to go see him, he told his father, don't let mom come here because I'm here as a result of her curse. I'm, I'm suffering the consequences of her uh, niceties and rebellions in my life. So he didn't want to speak to his mom. And then the, the other three gentlemen wanted to testify and say, no, he was hitchhiking. He wasn't a part of us. And, and the cop says, no, they're all going to pay. 
they're all responsible for what happened there uh, that night. And so a prison sentence came in after that. And, and so the rest of the life of this young man was cursed by the niceties of a mom who thought instruction was too harsh. Um, an admonition, encouragement to the moms, uh, don't twist what dad says because you don't know why God is allowing it to come down the pike. And, and so that becomes a mess. Anyways, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world, um, is a saying probably as old as time, but um, encapsulated, encapsulated in a poem by William Wallace in, 18, uh, in the 1800s. It says something like this, Blessings on the hand of woman. Angels guard its strength and grace in the palace, cottage, or hovel. Oh, no matter where the place, would that never storms assail it, rainbows ever gently curled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancies, the tender fountain, power may with beauty flow, mothers first to guide the streamlets, from them souls unresting grow. Grow on for the good or the evil, sunshine streamed or evil hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Woman, how divine your mission. Here upon our natal sod, keep, oh, keep the young heart open, always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from the mother love impearled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Blessings on the hand of women. Fathers, sons, and daughters cry, and the sacred song is mingled. With the worship in the sky, mingles where no tempest darkens, rainbows evermore are hurled. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Um, always in this house, in our church, uh, in previous years, when it comes time to Mother's Day, um, you see the intensity of what we teach in this house based on um, the responsibility that women have. Um, if you go to um, Proverbs 14.1, it says there a wise woman uh, edifies her home. Uh, this woman is putting things in their place, but a foolish one brings it down uh, with her hands. Um, she would have to be the size of Hulk to do that. Uh, because the word manos comes into play, I like to use the word manipulation. Uh, the manipulation of a, a woman could bring a whole household down. And, and I, I want to say that uh, the, the word of God is intent in producing the seriousness in this world. Um, I... I want to say that because of the great responsibility that mothers have, Luke 12, 48 reminds us that to him who much is given, much will be required. Uh, you should use that uh, verse because there's uh, an increasing plight of responsibility with the fact that God has given you, um, given you seed to groom. Um, when that seed is placed in your womb and it develops into a child, that child will be near his mother uh, for the nine months inside the womb and then the several months outside of the womb, 
the Jewish people uh, talk about the intimacy of, of everything is inward with this child, and then whatever is nurtured inwardly, the first time the son is turned around and given to somebody is to a father. And, and so the direction of how that first figure is treated will be the disposition of the entire child's life with every other third person. It's not until um, we were at a conference in Poland, we were listening to a rabbi, and he was talking about fatherhood. He says the, the, the connection with a mom, I mean the feeding tube, everything is one. Then when that thing is cut and the child is released and put in the hands of his father, if that transition is not done well, that, that person will have a great struggle the remaining time he's upon the earth because there's so much to do with it. That's why the principle of honor your father. Um, but there, you woman who have the responsibility of seed, uh, know this, to whom much is given, much shall be required. Um, I, I really believe that, that what a woman does in those years of raising up seed will speak of her the rest of her life. Whatever she does, good or bad, is going to be reflected. So we said that the opposite of glory is shame. And a mom who doesn't do those years well and well according to God will spend the rest of her lifetime having the expressions of a shame upon her life as her children will become an embarrassment. So let's go to Psalm 127, verse 1. I want to give this to moms as a gift this morning, that unless the Lord builds your home, you're wasting your time. Unless it's truly a partnership with God, they labor in vain who build it. You're not going to be successful to do motherhood Without God, you need to partner with the Lord. You need to be one with God. And I love, I love David Hanau's expression, how do you describe your mom? Godly. Not, not you know, there could be a 50 million expressions of what we think about our moms. I hope that at the forefront of our expression as a mom is they see that we fear the Lord. That, you know, and that there's a special relationship there. So unless God builds this home, uh, we labor in vain who build it. And so we start, um, we start our trajectory this morning with 10 women who changed the world. Uh, super important. As we reflect on the Bible, there is so much to say about motherhood. I think this is the premier source of doing motherhood right. And God discloses some things about moms, which possibly if we were writing the Bible, we wouldn't have added those things in here. But let's, let's go nonetheless. The first mom of all in Genesis 3.20, we know is Eve. Uh, there's a lot to learn from that first mom. Uh, Adam called his wife's name Eve, and she would become, say with me, the mother of all living. Okay? So she's, she's at the forefront of this expression. And there's so many lessons to learn uh, in this woman's life. Uh, I believe that in order for the devil to affect this, the distorted nature of mom, he didn't attack Adam. 
he attacked the first mom. And he was right in there making sure there was a shift from what the father said to what, um, <laughs> what the devil was able to supplant. The Bible says she was deceived. Thinking she was doing right, she uh, brought us consequentially down the cliff of humanity. The devil tries to distort this uh, at levels that is incredible um, to steal from her every dignity and honor. But Genesis 3.15 says that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the snake. So it's super important. I will put enmity between you, serpent, and the woman. Between your seed, Satan, and her seed. Uh, notice capital S, right? She would give birth, uh, birth to uh, the Messiah. And he shall bruise your head. That seed would stomp on the devil's head. You might be able to bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Um, spiritual battles in this verse alone is the intensity of a mom's life. Um, if you don't know how to do spiritual battle, please, please contact one of the pastor's wives because you cannot be a mother and be not a spiritual warrior. Uh, the, the movie done by the Kendrick Brothers, War Room, it's one of the movies you can see how a mother fights for her marriage, how she fights for her household, how she kicks the devil out of her home. Amen. She's like, devil, get out of here. Um, baby, if you want, go, go get that, that, that video of the mom that's watching War Room, and we're going to play that so that you can see the intensity of warfare that happens in a home with a mom who's saying, devil, get out, Amen. right? If you have a, a mom who's like, oh, the devil's in my house, my husband's cheating on me, and my sons are disobedient, you need a warrior. You need somebody who stops yelling at her husband and starts yelling at Satan. Get them out of the house. Get them out of the marriage. Get them out of the finances. And so spiritual warfare, here it is. Uh, there's a continual battle. And, and the devil knows this. It's been proclaimed that, that, he, that the seed of the woman would destroy his plight upon the earth. Romans uh, chapter 16 verse 20 is the, is, is the New Testament reality of this promise where he says the God of peace this God who, who uses a mom to bring the peace of God in the home not anxiety not you know worry no the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly that's the promise of God that's where the devil belongs under our feet and not you know uh dictating the climate of the home. So while Eve had the challenge to lose and fall uh, from grace into the grasp of Satan and the sinful nature, now God uh, has given her the prophetic promise that her seed 
would be effective in coming against the devil's assignment. Um, do we have that up there yet? Here it goes. Watch this. This is a woman doing warfare. If you don't know how to do this, talk to Yvette. She'll teach you. It's a woman watching the war room video. But I know you can hear me. Yes. You have played with my mind. Ah. Yes, he did. And had your way long enough. Yes, he did. No more. No more. You are done. Hi. Good old Jesus is the Lord of this Hallelujah. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out. You got to go. In Jesus' name. Hi. You can't have my marriage. You can't. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. Hi. And that means you are out. You gotta go. Come on, come. How many watch a war room with a woman on fire like that? And if you don't know how to do spiritual battle, you're not going to be an effective mom. Mom is not about going to malls. Mom is not knowing the fads and the fashions. I'm going to say it's included. You're going to, because some people have, need some help getting dressed. But, but for real, motherhood is spiritual battle. It's, it's fighting for our children, fighting. I love to know that, that my mom is praying for me. I love to know that my spiritual mom is praying for me. There's, there's, there's a crushing of the devil's work. And, and those of you that are looking for women based on their outward appearance and not their inward substance are wasting your time. I want a woman of God at my side. I don't want, you know, this, this you're not going to be able to bring, you know, a... a a model, a fashion model to your spiritual warfare for your children. That's what the Bible says, to seek a woman who's virtuous. We go on, Sarah. Sarah says in uh, Genesis 17, 15, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai anymore, but you shall call her Sarah. This is the second woman. First Eve, now we have Sarah. As for her, you're not going to call her. Now, now, uh, God is in the midst of her. Now she, in purpose, verse 16, says, she shall become the mother of nations. Verse 16. Amen. That you not limit your motherhood to your home. I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Say with me, mother of nations. How does that happen? Because all the spiritual insight you receive as a mom, you use in a spiritual context, teaching women everywhere how to be moms. And you become a mom of nations. Kings of people shall, be, shall come from her. Um, Wellington Boone and, and their tribe say kingmakers. A mom is making a king, a, a, a young man that will rule a nation. Let me tell you something. Sometimes... That mom puts forth not a king, but a puppet of the devil, a total fool, a, a person that's not apt to choose wisely these matters. Uh, and and it's, it's the crisis of a foolish mom. 
that doesn't allow her son to inherit the influence of nations. In her, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Kings of people shall be from her. Um, I want to say that every world leader that has ever existed came as a result of a mom. That, that's who's had the ear of that ruler as he takes the throne. I, I love reading the biography of Winston Churchill. He says his mom was a scandal. Imagine that. Imagine t- telling somebody, I never learned anything good from my mom. She was, uh, he said like this, she was going from man to man to man to man. In our town, she was known as a socialite. Always you know, cocktail parties and, 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 and guess what? They move him off to boarding school and his nanny became his mom. A Christian nanny started teaching him Bible verses, started teaching him. She was his spiritual mom. She was raising up the prime minister of England during World War II. And so your son is not anything less than the input you put in him to rule the nations. As, as this week, uh, we were watching, I don't know if Brandon is here, Brandon? Uh, Brandon was sitting over uh, open heart surgery of a three-year-old boy. And he was there, the heart surgeon was there, Brandon is on this side, they opened the chest cavity of this three-year-old child. And, and Brandon is there doing participating in open heart surgery. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for godly moms. Thank you for moms that are always pressing our children towards the best and not making of them outright fools. And so Sarah was one of those that was able to be a mother of nations. And she also has her bad side with respect to... um, Getting Abraham to go into Hagar, we're not going to go there, but don't be too creative, mom. (laughs) Don't be so creative that you despise waiting on God. She didn't want to wait no more, so she tells her husband, look, it's not going to happen through me. Just take the servant girl and and have a child through her. It became a curse. It became a curse. Rebecca, number uh, three. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Number two, Noah's wife, Genesis 7, 7. I'm sorry. We go to Eve, then Noah's wife, and then Sarah. But we'll go to Noah's wife real quick. Uh, Noah, with his son, his wife, his son's wives. Listen to me. This is a mother-in-law par excellent. She had her three daughter-in-laws in the ark getting saved. They went into the ark because of the waters of the flood and were able to escape the judgment of God. How many of you moms would have said, my children, yes, but their wives, no. I don't want them to come along. No. There's a lot to be said by a woman who's able to garner the influence and respect of her daughter-in-law. And all the women say, amen. You got you to gotta get that person on the ark. You got to have your sons on there. If you drive a wedge between your sons and their wives or between your, your, you and your sons, they're not going to get saved. Amen. So your prayer could be, Lord, make me like Noah's, uh, Noah's wife, um, Noah's son's moms. I want to be like a woman who's able to bring the whole family to Jesus. 
I don't want to be a religious witch, know all the Bible and have peace with nobody. That's not our heritage. Our heritage is salvation to all. Believe and you and your household will be saved. Lord, give me that mom's, I put it here on my, on my notes, I put 100% results for salvation. 100%. No one gets lost because of the wise woman who was able to be there with Noah and the fruit was all of them are on board escaping. But number four, Rebecca, Eve, Noah's wife, Sarah, and then Rebecca. Rebecca, um, every mom who has ever had the temptation to have favorites. How many remember this story? Rebecca's favorite was Jacob. And she went and taught Genesis 27, 13. She says, my son, let this curse fall on me. Just as do what I say, go and get them for me. Um, she says she dressed up her younger son in her older son's clothing. How many have ever seen manipulation at this level? And they, she sends her son in to get a blessing when he was the younger and not the older. And so these things are the preferences of listening to God or forming a great disaster at home. Deceiving dad. She did such a good job. Genesis 27, 23 says he did not recognize Jacob. Because his hands were hairy like his brother. Who put the hair on that guy? He's, that guy didn't have a hair anywhere. The Bible says he was lampino. He was without hair. But she got some goat's hair and she put it all over him. She got some old clothes. She dressed him up. She did the full scheme. How many of you moms do homework for your kids? I'm just kidding. That you're doing everything and you're forming your own scenario, but you're cursing your children in the process. You, you cover him up from deception where he should be getting a massive spanking. You don't allow the spanking to come. I used to tell my mom when I understood these things, like I became a Christian and I would tell my mom, mom, please let dad spank me. And she's like, but I'm, I'm, I, I dodge every belt and I cover you. I said, yeah, but you are cursing me because you don't allow me to get. Pow. You're not allowing me to get what I need. And listen to me. I've been a pastor long enough to hear children say this. My mom told my dad if he ever spanked me, she would divorce him. Moms. If, if, if I ever hear you yelling at my kid, if I hear you telling him to go to his room, if you're being too hard on him, if you, if you even, and you curse your son because he needs discipline. He needs instruction. He needs to sit down with dad. Dad's not mom. Mom is nurture. Dad is discipline. And so again, children whose moms are dictating their future is a curse. It's a curse. I know if this was a Christian church, I'd get one amen, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Don't, don't, don't get discouraged here. Listen, let your sons receive a good whooping. 
Let, let them, tears of repentance, tears of clashing with their will, tears of not doing what they want. Because in this world, it's not going to happen that way. They're not going to be able to be mama's boy. Um, I couldn't even enjoy the Hillsong concert this week because I had to tweet that the, the sissies. What is a sissy? A sissy is a person who's never been confronted by dad. He's never been, he's never been sized up to be given the character to tomorrow. He's able to lead and love his wife and not want his wife to mother him. There's a difference between mothering a child and smothering a child. And smothering is when you add the crap. You don't want to do that. You don't want to curse your children in that regard. And, And so I would tell my mom, mom, let dad give me my what is due. Let, let dad come and give me my dues. Why? I said, because if he doesn't, I'm going to be cursed. Nobody likes discipline. Nobody likes the sorrows of grief. Imagine that you're always, don't, don't, no, don't tell me. And Mother Hen, right? You're always, listen, your, your son is going to get it one way or the other. And ultimately, some end up in prison. Shh. Some end up in prison. And the mom says, why did he up in prison? Because you never allowed dad to discipline. So mom, be wise. You can talk to the father afterwards and say, look, this is my perception, but I'm, I'm waiting on God. I trust the Lord. But don't, don't sit there and say, don't, do you, you ever kid my kid? On? Oh, no. And I've, I've seen this. I've seen this. This one kid who had the weirdest haircut. It was like he looked like a, a peacock, cockadoodle, cockatiel, all that on one. And I asked him, "Why do you cut your hair like that?" And he says, "Because I'm trying to get my father's attention. My mom does not let my dad discipline me. Severe psychological problems this young man had because he never had access to dad, and all because of this." Poor Rebecca. We, we, we threw her under the bus. Okay. Uh, Hannah. Hannah. 1 Samuel 1. We've got to go quicker. Hannah was Samuel's mom. The greatest prophet Israel ever had. How many think that's a great mom? Yes. You raise up the prophet. The voice of God to your generation. Who does that? A God-fearing mom. She, she went before the Lord. She couldn't have babies. She went before the Lord. She wept. She, she bore uh, prayer before the Lord, Samuel comes on the scene and she gives him up to the Lord. She says after he was wounded, uh, when she, she stopped breastfeeding him, she took him to the high priest and she says, I promised God this gift. I would give him back to God. Mom, give your children to God. Let God do with your children what he has planned to do with them and don't subvert that, kidnap that, and, and take it in another route. God has given you a reward in your womb. Hannah, number five, uh, a mom who was able to dedicate her child to the Lord, and he became the greatest prophet. I, I think that's great results for a mom. Number six, Samson's mom. Uh, this is very powerful because uh, Samson's mom hears from the Lord. The angel directly goes to her and gives her the full instruction. In this particular case, if you read Judges um, chapter 
13, you see that, that the angel of the Lord spoke to mom and not to dad. She, he gave all the instructions of his consecration to mom. So many times dad is like, what, what did God tell you? I didn't hear it from him. I, I didn't get it as clearly as you got it. And, and so she had all the instructions. Something happened that Samson never took his instructions serious. He had a Nazarene vow and he broke every single one of those parameters. Mom, one of the instructions they said to, to the Lord, they said, have him tell us everything we ought to do in this boy's life. Look at what it says in Judges 13, 13. The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, to the husband, the woman must pay attention to everything I said to her. The woman, all that I said to the woman, let her be careful to keep. You, you can't play dumb on these things. You're going to suffer. Samson's mom, number six. Number seven, Proverbs 31, 24, she makes linen garments, sells them, supplies, merchants, sashes. She's clothed with strength, verse 25, and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom. Faithful instruction is on her tongue, verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. I want to say something about moms. Your attention is to be at home. Mama bear, your attention is is to be at home. Mama bear, your attention is to be at home. What's going to happen afterwards is that your children will listen to no one. And you say, well, how did that happen? Because you, my fair God witch, did not listen to anybody. Your children never saw you adhere to the instruction to the fear of God. So if they don't have an example, how will they walk in those ways? A, a woman, a mother, maybe this is the fiery sermon I was going to bring. <laughs> Listen, the mother's heart must be at home. If, you know, just every time you're going to do an equation, if home is not the answer, go, ah. quit allowing your joy to be outside of your house. Let the joy of the Lord be that which he's given you at home. Verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. I, I had a home. Thank you, mom. I had a home. Thank you, mom. I had a home. And, and that's not being taught in Christianity today. All these women are out there. They're saying, we want the pulpit. We want the platform. We want the crusades. We want, the, we want revival. Revival is a woman who is steadfast at home. That's where she's doing spiritual battle. And then the offshoot is your children will call you blessed, your husband will praise you, and the entire city will call you blessed as a result of that. Verse 29, many women do noble things, great things, but you are at the top forefront of them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Number eight, Mary. A woman said, I said it last year, but I'm not going to say it again. 
Luke 11, 27, out of the crowd, a woman raised her voice and said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that fed you, sir. And you understand that, that we are an offshoot of the woman that raises us. It happened as he spoke, talking about Jesus, these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you, Mary, and the breast which nursed you, Jesus the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. What an incredible relationship this woman had with Jesus throughout, from birth, Christmas, all the way to the cross. And in the upper room, being filled with the Holy Spirit, Mary did not miss a beat. She's a mother, an outstanding mom, uh, leaving a legacy of blessing to us in Christ. Uh, number nine, Timothy's mom, 2 Timothy 1.5, I remember your genuine faith. I remember your genuine faith, Timothy, for it first dwelt in your grandmother and in your mother. And now I see that you have it. It was Timothy's mom that imparted into her son to become Paul's disciple. He was able to be mentored by Paul because the faith that was in his grandmother came to his mother and landed in him. Now, we, we know that there's generation of curses of women that practice witchcraft, and somehow or another, they want to intertwine their witchcraft into this. Uh, you know, when, when a baby's born, they put a little asabache. They put these little protective beads. They put all this. We walked into a, a house recently here in Miami, and as soon as we walked in, every freaking god and deity, incense, Buddhas, and uh, what's going on here there was Jesus listen nowhere Jesus nowhere the, the, the breath of Satan was over that family strong you know by who mama bear mama witch she's, she's, she's putting altars in front of every God except the one true God I'll tell you why. Because as soon as God comes, he takes the throne. And Mama Bear has to get off her throne. Amen. Has to get off her throne for everyone to survive. Super important in that regards. Timothy's mom passed down genuine faith to her son. And number 10, the Bible says in Galatians 4, 26, the Jerusalem above is the way of faith. This brings freedom into our life. Say with me which is the mother of us all. What is that talking about? The church. The church is a place of nurture. The, the church is a place where we get the mind of Christ. The, the church is a place where she's the bride of Christ. Amen. She is wisdom. Amen. She is what we need in order to advance in this world. The Bible says, rejoice. Verse 27. O barren woman who was not given birth, break forth into joyful shout. You who are not in labor... For the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. In other words, that God is calling us to the freedom of a life in the spirit and not living according to the dictates of law and, and, and really powerful this morning. Let's, let's stand up before God and ask God, God. Allow us to have the wisdom of your ways. Allow us to understand. Father, we thank you for this day. 
we have run the course across the life of 10 women, Father, that, that, that were able to change the world in one aspect or another. And we pray, Father God, that the moms in this house will increase in strength and wisdom and favor, that they might grow up in the ways and purposes of God, and that their offspring would shout the ends of the earth, the virtues of this woman who rocks the cradle, that she knows that she influences the world by her godliness and fear of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Have a great mom's day.